This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wyson. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, the Dallas Safari Club, conservation, education, and hunter advocacy, Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable, Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions, Ruger, rugged, reliable firearms, Burnham Brothers Game Calls, the calling is call made, double nickel taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Now, here's your host, Larry Wysu. Welcome to another campfire, a DSC campfire. I have the opportunity this morning to uh, kind of get away from things for a little bit. I own a little place that's been in our family for about 150 years or so now, and actually a little bit longer than that when you get right down to it, in a little community called Zimmerjite. Zimmerjite was a... Uh, one of those places when Stephen F. Austin first started setting up colonies in, in Texas, it was not necessarily the first one, but it, it wasn't long after he started doing those things that it got settled, and it got settled primarily from people from uh, oh, places like Germany and Austria and Czechoslovakia, and, but particularly a lot of Germanic-type people, including Scandinavians, if you want to include that group within the, the Germanic-type people. That's kind of where my ancestors came from. Some of them came from Scandinavia. Some of them came from, I guess the most of them did, in uh, places like Sweden and Norway, and but also the northern part of Germany, a few of them from Austria. And somewhere when I did some of the uh, ancestry-type things, I found that there was a little bit of uh, Spain blood in me as well, too. And likely, when you start looking, probably the reason that is is during the time of the Vikings, which some of my ancestors were, they raided Spain, and I suspect one of my great, great, many times grandfathers 
found a very beautiful Spanish lady that he brought back and, and introduced into the to the Viking families. And so probably that's where that comes from. But my family's been on this place now since about the 1850s, and they got titled to it in the 1870s. And it's been in our family ever since then. My brothers run cattle on it. And, my, and prior to that, my dad, my granddad, my great-granddad, and, and a little bit even my great-great-granddad. At one time, the family had a little bit of money, and they had a huge old Victorian-style home on the property. And But one of the grandfathers also liked to spend money. So as it worked out, he moved and bought another place, and they put a renter in there. And the renter, unfortunately, didn't know how to properly take care of a wood stove. <laughs> the old house burned down. Sure wish it was still there. Unfortunately, it's not. But had the opportunity here to spend a little time on my property this morning, something I very dearly enjoyed doing, and it's one of the reasons that we ended up moving from Uvalde out west of San Antonio, about halfway between San Antonio and Del Rio, an area that I really, truly enjoyed. And my wife and I spent almost 32 years there, and, and our daughters kind of grew up there after we'd kind of kicked around a lot of places in Texas. Well, I was with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, lived in Abilene for a while, of course, College Station in the early years from Texas A&M doing research with the uh, Texas A&M University's Department of Veterinary Pathology and also with the Gain Department. And went from there to Abilene, went from there to, to Beeville, and from Beeville to Uvalde, and as I said, spent a lot of time there. And my wife and I got talking about it and said, you know, one of these days we might want to kind of move back somewhere our family originated. She grew up just probably about... Oh, about 20 miles south of where I did out in the country and spent some time as a, as a later teenager in the uh, Columbus area where Dad was the chief police. And he was involved in law enforcement for about 57 years or so. And had during those times, and I got to know him. I, I spent a fair amount of time patrolling with him, doing those kind of things, and, and doing a little bit of law enforcement work way back when, before a lot of the things that are going on these days were not even... Nobody was even thinking about what might happen in the future, but uh, this property has been in our family for a long, long time. Now, recently, I've decided that I'm going to pass this property on to my two daughters. So I got together with them. They, like me, love the outdoors. They, like me, love wildlife. They like to hunt. They like to fish. And so we thought about it for a while, and we said, look, let's let's do this. Uh, let's set the property that we have, which is not that many acres, but it's enough to do a little bit of something on it. And uh, let's set it aside and see if we can't get a wildlife evaluation. As I mentioned, for years my brother had been uh, running cattle on it, and I suspect this property has probably been overgrazed a little bit since the time that my family got got a hold of it. Over the years, early on, my dad in the 1950s, the uh, Soil Conservation Service, which was called then, was really pushing brush control and really pushing the fact that you need to get rid of pretty much all the brush on any property and any kind of trees. Well, my dad bought into that and he was trying to run more cattle on the property and he was looking at the fact that there was a lot of cedar, if you will, that was pulling water from the soil and and a lot of times underneath cedar trees there wasn't a whole lot of grass there and so they decided the best thing to do is pretty much clear the property with the exception of a few old ancient oak trees and I'm sitting here looking at one that when I was a little kid it was almost the same size it is now it's, it's grown some over the years and 
In all likelihood, it's at a minimum probably of, of 300 years old. There's three or four more other trees here on the property that I suspect might even be a little bit older than that. And they spread their oak limbs way out and eventually they touch the ground. And I can remember as a little, little bitty kid coming out here and crawling around those trees. Back then, the Tarzan movies were very popular. And I got the bright idea one day that I could swing off of a limbs like Tarzan did. Well, uh, I, I couldn't quite jump as far as Johnny Weissmuller did. And I kind of missed the limb that I was on and it hit the ground pretty hard, knocked the breath out of me. And I kind of ended my days of, of trying to swing through the trees like Tarzan did and end up in the movies. But uh, really appreciate these old trees. It's, it's, it's a great benefit and I love to sit underneath those trees and think about, you know, wonder what this tree saw. What it, no doubt there were Indians in this area. There were Tonkawas primarily. All this area at one time had a fair Indian population before Europeans came over and, and uh, started not necessarily destroying, but in a way I guess they did. But they also at the same time started to alter altering the habitat, the terrain somewhat, even because of, of farming, because of, of a lot of livestock, particularly horses and mules. And if you've heard me talk about overgrazing a little bit in the past and some of the seminars or those kind of things, you've heard me say the fact that horses and mules and donkeys have upper front teeth and lower front teeth. And unlike a cow, which can really eat a whole lot of the vegetation that's there, but when you bring something in, same thing with a deer, sheep, or goat, but when you bring in a, uh, bring in the horses and mules in any numbers with their front upper and lower teeth, they can reach all the way down to the ground and pull something out where a cow may have taken most of it, but always left the roots. So some of this country, I'm sure, was abused by horses and mules at one time. And I know for a fact that I had a great, great granddad and a granddad that they were, and my dad to an extent too, absolutely loved horses. There was never a time when they didn't have a whole lot of horses around. And, and um, so I kind of grew up in that kind of situation. But over the years of, of working with the wildlife, as a wildlife biologist, working with a lot of different properties scattered across Texas primarily, but I've worked on properties all over North America, uh, in Mexico and Canada included, uh, a lot of the states. I've worked in places, on places dealing with wildlife management in different parts of Africa, particularly in Namibia and a little bit in uh, South Africa and then over in Australia a little bit and New Zealand and, and a little bit in Argentina down on the Pampa. And so one of the things I've learned is if you're going to have a variety of wildlife, you need to have a variety of plants. And that's where I'm headed with all this is that after visiting with my two daughters, with Teresa and Beth, we decided the best thing to do is to try to change our tax evaluation here on this property from agriculture to wildlife. Now, I've just completed a fairly extensive management plan dealing with wildlife management on this property, stating some of the things that we hope to accomplish in the next several years, which will include removing the cattle off for grazing. Now, I am not an anti-cow person, believe me. Cattle have a very important place when it comes to wildlife, but they need to be used as a in conjunction with wildlife habitat to where when you get way too much grass and you lose the forbs and the weeds, which provide feed primarily for the various terrestrial wildlife, but also the bugs 
the uh, the birds, the seed eating birds, and and those things that go along with those that like insects and all those. The greater variety you have in terms of vegetation, the greater variety you're going to have in terms of of bugs and, and as a result of that, wild animals, including birds and butterflies, which I dearly love. And we're going to look at doing some planting of some milkweeds on certain areas to help the monarch butterfly along too, which is uh, is one of the really beautiful butterflies that do come through this area. Now, if you're going to pay attention here, you're going to hear kind of the pounding of, thankfully, raindrops on a tin roof. I'm down at our old camp that we set up here in about the 1960s, and it's a tin roof, little one-room building that I spent some absolutely fabulous days on, and uh, or yeah, if you will. And I can remember laying in, in bed way back when, about 3 o'clock in the morning, and the rains would come and hit the sides of this tin roof, and it'd be cold, and we had a big old roaring fire in a wood fireplace, not a wood fireplace, a wood stove inside. And talk about a soothing feeling. And I, I suspect I'll quiet down here for a little bit, and maybe you can hear these raindrops hitting this tin roof. Something special about that one, at least for me and, and a few of the other people I've talked to that I get to spend time with that kind of grew up in the similar circumstances or under similar circumstances of what I did. A lot of things going to happen here on this property in the next several years. We're, we've already started with a few little parcels where we're going in and and uh, have planted various types of seeds, trying to bring back persimmons, various aconbearing trees, if you will, various different species of oaks. There's some wild plums that exist here in this area, and, and we're here in great number, but over the years got grazed out or, or got grubbed out when they were doing all the other work on trying to, to push the brush in. And, one of the other things they did when they pushed all the brush down, they, they took a little creek that I dearly loved. There was a, pretty much a, uh, a wet weather creek, if you will, but there were always a few potholes and a lot of deep sandstone holes and those kind of things. But when they pushed in all the trees back in the 1950s, they covered those up. And so now what I'm trying to do in some of those select spots that I remember where there were a fair amount of uh, sandstone down at the bottom and See if I can't go into some of those areas and eventually I'll try to clean some of those out a little bit to where uh, maybe we can bring back the beauty of some of that that was there. But our primary goal in the meantime is, is to uh, get the vegetation back to a, a more natural state. There's a, been a bunch of introduced la uh, grasses, if you will, in this area that I'm trying to get rid of and trying to replace those with native blue stem, little blue, and there was some big blue, and Indian grass, and then there were a variety of, of uh, flowering species here as well, too. My daughter, Teresa, has decided that she wants to get in the bee business, so recently we added a, a couple beehives here on the property, which I think will help in, in a lot of different ways, including, uh, you know, making sure that these plants that we have here get properly propagated and... Uh, we produce seeds and flowers for them to use for the bees, but also for the uh, for wildlife as well, too. And I'm going to be quiet for just a little bit so you can hear this rain sure enough hitting this tin roof. And You know, you can get in touch with me. I've got all kinds of places where you can do so with uh, on Facebook with Larry Weissin Outdoors or Instagram with Larry Weissin Outdoors. And soon we'll have a uh, DSC's Campfires uh, Instagram page as well, too. So... If you hear the rain falling, I'm going to be quiet now, and I'd like to hear your comments for after you listen to it a few moments, and I'll come back and we'll tell a few more things about what we're trying to do here on the property. Really welcome the rain.
Well, it sounds like the rain's really getting heavy. I think what we'll do, I think we'll just kind of close this one down for the time being. It'll be a, be a short one, and, and uh, we'll talk more about vegetation that we're trying to oh, bring back uh, from the animals. Really looking at white-tailed deer. Deer population is really good, but we lost Bob White quail many years ago, and I'd like to somehow another try to figure out a way to bring those back. There were some wild turkeys here that I doubt they will ever get to come back like they were at one time many, many years ago. And, and uh, there's a few other things we'll we'll try to do. But remember that you can always get in touch with me through Instagram at Larry Weissoon Outdoors, at Facebook at Larry Weissoon Outdoors. I also now have a YouTube page. Larry Weiss is outdoors, so get back with me. I'm going to sit back this morning, and I'm going to enjoy the rain, and I'm going to let it go for just a little bit, and then we'll, uh, we'll just see you here next time. DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products, the scent gods, can attract boots for the trails less traveled. Voigt, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord Rescue Travel Protection. <laughs>